Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Ed Franklin with my recently released podcast, <clears throat> edfranklin.nolimits. Um, you can always contact me at edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com. Um, had a little uh, technical difficulties last week, had a really good interview I was doing with a guy that'll be back on. He's a national speaker, great, great guy, one of the best speakers I've ever seen. And right in the middle of it, my uh, my Wi-Fi crashed. So the last few days, I've been uh, upgrading our uh, we upgraded our modem, upgraded our um, router. We had our cable people out here found a little error. So anyway, we're back into it. I don't want you to think that I just stopped all of a sudden because I'm on a I'm on a mission. So today, just a lot of uh, just a lot of thinking, a lot of just talking, a lot of things have transpired over the last few months last couple of weeks actually. So I just wanted to kind of go over some things that um, have been on my mind. And, and a lot of this comes from people I'm talking to. They're not, um, they're giving me really good advice on some things that I could do to make this thing better. So, um, and kind of, you know, I'm in this point in my life where I'm kind of trying to search, you know, really what I want to do next and how I want to, how I want to map out the next six months six years wouldn't be 60 years but um so let's let me just get um saying a few things so i want you guys to do me a favor i have a big ask for you if you listen to my podcast and you enjoy it um or if you have any critiques of it i'm fine with that too again ed franklin dot no limits at gmail.com but if you're listening to it i need more followers obviously so if you think you um know somebody that might enjoy it, please share it when you see it on Facebook, share it when you see it on LinkedIn. Um, join my YouTube channel and you can see it there too. Um, I just, you know, my ask is for you guys to help me get this thing out there. I feel like if I can get 10 people in each city to like my podcast and we just multiply that, it's going to get bigger. And there'll be some, you know, my why will come out. So somebody asked me about that yesterday. They said, you know, Kind of two things I want to I want to start off with. I think that when I do these podcasts, I I'm a little bit laid back. Um, if you were with me in person, I get a little bit more um, enthusiastic, I guess, a little bit more passionate about what I'm talking about. It's different when I'm in this forum here because I'm talking to myself basically, um, and it's hard to get that you know, uh, that enthusiasm to show through. So hopefully I do that a little bit more today. I get my hands moving. I get, you know, things going. Um, the second thing I think a lot of people thought when I did this podcast that I was going to be, I, I've been known to be a little candid with people. Um, you may ask me a question and I would tell you exactly how I'm feeling. And um, I think people that aren't, that I'm not talking to enjoy that. They enjoy me watching, you know, me being very candid with somebody. If it's them, not always so happy about that because I can be a little harsh and and I think it's okay but I think I'm also learning to use to have a little bit more tact um, just because you can hurt people's feelings and and even though the truth you know is the truth sometimes it does hurt and um, I'm trying to get a little bit better of how I how I uh, express myself in those moments of uh, candor I guess um, somebody asked me the other day, they said, you know, Ed, you know, where's this podcast going? What are you, what are you trying to do with it? And that's something my business coach is, is helping me out with. I, I'm really, 
interested in helping people any way I can. And maybe I'm not the best person to help a corporate executive that's, you know, 55 and is trying to navigate corporations. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, I got a little tired of corporations and the way they operate. Um, I know when I was about, and I'm going to tell a few stories today, um, since part of this, you know, whole podcast is based on storytelling and kind of, you know, where I came from and what the environment is I grew up in and why I'm who I am. So we're going to talk about that. But I know when I was about, uh, I don't know, maybe 30, 31 years old, I left um, a big corporation and went to work for a smaller company. And as I started traveling the U.S., I started meeting all these different people, these executives, these leaders, so-called leaders sometimes. And I kind of thought, you know, I want to be like that. You know, I want to be that guy in a suit and tie and Ironically, I used to wear a suit and tie to work every day. You never know that by the way I dress now, just because, and frankly, I don't really care. Uh, I, I just want to be comfortable the way I am. So, um, but as I started to get to know these people better and kind of watch what they're they were doing ethically in business, in personal personal lives, things like that, I thought, man, these are there's a lot of crooks out there. There's a lot of people that are just in it for themselves. They don't care about their employees. They don't care about their company. They were, um, and I, I felt like I always make the joke that I knew bikers that were more honest. At least I knew what a biker was going to do. At least I knew what a thief was going to do. A thief's going to steal from you. These guys would smile in your face and then turn around and fire you a week later because their numbers weren't reached. And, um, and the funniest thing is usually right after I'd lose my job or my friends would lose their job or we'd all lose our job, the next thing I'd know is that person would lose his job. And here we're all out of work and now he loses his job because he was originally the problem anyway. So I can tell you, so I grew up in San Diego, uh, pretty humble growing up. Um, we were below poverty level probably when I was probably four to 12 years old. Um, lived in a very bad area, very uh, high crime area, but I didn't know that. I mean, I was, you know, I was a little kid. We were, uh, we were happy. I don't know how my parents even survived on what they made, uh, how we even had a Christmas or Easter or anything like that, how we even ate. When I look back, I don't even know how my mom and dad afforded uh, feeding us four kids. And they instilled some really valuable lessons that I look back on now, and, and they're even more important now than they were at, at the time. Of course, all I was interested in is playing sports. I had friends of every color, girls, guys, black, white, Hispanic, whatever. I had friends of every, you know, it didn't matter to me. We were just played sports and we had fun and, you know, we smiled a lot and laughed a lot. And when it was hot, we'd swim. And when it was cold, we'd play football and just, you know, it was awesome. So I never really knew looking back now, I'm like, wow, I just can't believe I mean, my mom worked at a retail store. My dad was on and off on jobs. Um, he had his own issues that he brought to the table from when he was a child and he dealt with those. But my mom was really the rock in our family, really held things together. And um, we moved to Poway in about 1974. Uh, I moved, I'm trying to think, I guess one of my brother, I think, moved with us too. But, it, you know, we moved from a very poverty-stricken area to a, well, not, not a rich area, but a very nice, much nicer area that, that I lived in. And I went to school in Poway and, and, you know, had a great time there. I played sports. I did some other things. I was always had a really good work ethic. Our parents kind of instilled that in us. So um, if I wanted something, a new skateboard or whatever, I went to work and earned it. Um, 
I had my own business when I was about 14 years old, 13, 14 years old. We sold skateboards to the local bike shop. And uh, that kind of got my, you know, entrepreneurial juices flowing. My parents always were doing, trying to do something um, as entrepreneurs. And, and uh, so, I mean, it was, I had a very, you know, I guess, you know, when, when I, I could tell that story the, another way that would be very sad that I could tell you some things that happened when I was growing up that, that probably child protective services might've stepped in. Not that our parents were abusive by any means, but definitely a few things that happened that, um, you know, these days would not be at all acceptable. But, you know, I just don't choose to look at that part of my life. My parents did the best they could do from the environment they came from, the way they grew up. And uh, they loved us. Um, they took care of us. We always ate, obviously. If you knew the size of me, you'd know I haven't missed any meals. So great, great time growing up. I mean, I have super happy, um, super happy uh, memories from when I grew up. I remember when I was about 10 years old, we had a principal named Mr. Koskinen at Euclid Elementary School. And he came up to me. He used to wear, you know, a dark suit and uh, white shirt and tie every day and very nice man. And he put his arm around me when I was about 10 years old and said, you know, Ed, you're a leader. You're going to be one of these people that people follow. So you have to be careful how you act and what you do. And, and I thought that was just awesome. And I always remember him doing that and, you know, kind of felt like, you know, since he told me, I, I looked up to him, I thought that maybe that would be something that would be good. And I have taken on leadership roles in my life and management roles, not always been the best manager, not always been the best leader. But at times I've shined too. So, and that's just kind of what life is, right? I went to school, I went to work about 16 years old in the, uh, or at 16 years old in the grocery business and um, had a blast. Ended up, uh, I didn't, wasn't much of a school person. So I remember telling my dad that I just hated school. I didn't want to go to school. He says, look, if you can graduate early, then you can get out, but you're not, you know, you're not quitting, obviously. So I did that. I took, uh, seven classes. I took extra classes. I took summer school. I did things like that and ended up graduating a year early from high school so I could go to work. And I did immediately uh, go to take a different position in the grocery business and was making a lot of money, lived at home, uh, you know, had a nice car, all those things, bought a brand new car in high school. Um, so, you know, I always had that kind of that drive, right, to get out there and, and um, you know, earn money, get promoted, do all those things. I can remember one time I used to work nights and <clears throat> my dad came to my room about 10 o'clock at night one night and said, hey, Ed, you got to get up. Uh, they need you at work. And I said, no, dad, I'm off tonight. I don't have to, I don't have to work. And he says, no, I told him you'd be there in 30 minutes. And the funny part about that is he, that was just, he says, look, if you want to move up in a company, you got to go with a call, right? So I appreciate all those things. And I, I have another, a quick day. I remember when I was just a freshman in high school, get, got out of eighth grade and just going into um, high school. And I said, hey, dad, are we going to go school shopping? He goes, you know, you, you, you earn money mowing lawns or doing whatever you're doing. You can buy your own clothes. And I wasn't upset about that or anything. It was just, you know, wow, this is starting to be that time to start growing up. And I did exactly that. I went and bought the clothes I wanted, uh, earned the money that I needed to buy those things. And um, and, uh, but a funny, another, on that same note, a great story I have is my dad, um, when I played basketball at Poway High, there was an 
area in Poway that was very wealthy versus an area that, you know, was pretty average income, whatever. And a lot of the guys that had more money, not the kids, of course, their parents, would buy these like Adidas or Nike shoes, and we just couldn't afford those. Um, and they were probably only $45 at the time, but, you know, back then, $45 was a lot more. And I told my dad, look, I want these shoes. He says, look, the budget's like 20 bucks. If you want to get better shoes, I'll give you the $20. You can go buy whatever you want. And, and I did exactly that. <clears throat> I bought some Nikes with a natural swoosh and painted them green. Actually, I think I painted them blue, but I don't know why I did that. For Poway High's colors were green. And But the important part of that story is that I never, I took care of those shoes, right? So I only wore them in the gym. They lasted me a long time. I mean, I had, there was a lot of value to that that I had to put my own money in. And those are those lessons your parents teach you, hopefully, that should stick with you, that um, they're important in the future. So I worked in the grocery business for about eight years, and then I went to work for Pepsi-Cola. And uh, that was a fun job, right? So I delivered Pepsi. I was in special events while I was at Pepsi. Ended up the last three years I was there. Last three years I was there, I ran a service department. And um, I was, uh, I had some issues with, um, I was going through a divorce and I, I had three kids at the time and they were, um, they were taking a lot of child support, right? I had a lot of custody, but they still were taking a lot of child support. And I said, man, I gotta, I gotta get out of, I gotta get out of the service department, get back into sales. So I went to the, the manager and said, uh, hey, you know. I really wanted to get back into sales. I'm going through this divorce. I need more money. I need more opportunities to make more money. And he said, look, Ed, I, I got to be honest with you. You'll just never be a good salesman. You should just never go into sales. You're good at what you do in operations, but sales is a whole different ball game. So uh, this is where you shouldn't always listen to people. So I got a job in sales, right? Traveling the 11 Western states, selling parts and accessories to Pepsi, Cola, Coca-Cola, juice companies, things like that. And I remember the interview, I had an interview up in Glendale, California, and I, I ended up saying to the guy, hold on, all I have to do is go talk to people, get them to buy the products they're already buying from us, and you'll pay me extra money, you'll pay me commission. He says, yeah, I said, I'll do that. That's gotta be the easiest job in the world, just going out and selling stuff. All I gotta do is talk to people. He says, yeah. And um, had a great successful run. Um, with, the, with a small company, we only had four employees, did you know, a few million dollars a year and just kicked ass doing that. That company ended up getting bought out and I went to work for a company. And there's a lot more stories that go with that, but that's kind of where I came from. And, and so when I was talking to this gentleman this week, my friend, he says, you know, Ed, you know, what, as you're, you're trying to figure out your why, which is very, it's actually a very hard question. Um, it seems that you would just say, oh, it's because of my family. That's my why. I go to work for my family. Well, that's true. I mean, I did. I was passionate about work because I wanted to give my kids the things that I thought they needed or, well, the things they did need. And then the things I wanted them to have, I, just like every other parent, I wanted my kids to have more than I did when I was a child. Not always the best idea, by the way. And, um, and so I guess at some level, my why of why I worked so hard and why, you know, did those, put those extra hours in and helped with other departments and things like that. It was so I could support my family. I mean, it makes sense. Um, as you know, I have eight kids. It's a blended family. We have seven daughters and a son. And, um, you know, kids uh, kids are not 
and expensive. Kids, kids cost a lot of money. And um, so I didn't mind doing that. I didn't mind putting that extra work in, traveling. At one point, I was traveling about every other week, spent a couple of summers out in Las Vegas, working with Pepsi out in Phoenix, working with Pepsi. And um, so now I get to this point in my life where I'm saying, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, and I hope just hang, just hang in there with me until this is all over. I'll kind of try to wrap this thing back around. Now I'm trying to go, okay, what do I really want to do? Do I want to, do I want to go out and sell items? I mean, I work for Brilliant Marketing Ideas, which is a, you know, see the hat, which is a promotional item company and they're a very successful company. We're doing, you know, we're going to do very well here, more so when we come out of COVID as people start marketing it again. But it's really, what do I want to give back and why do I want to give back? Well, I mean, I had people in my life that helped me out when I was coming up. Um, maybe not as many people as I thought. I kind of look back and and think, you know, I don't know. I as I read like leadership books and I listen to Simon Sinek of the world and, and other leaders out there, I didn't come across a lot of great leaders when I was um, coming up through the ranks. Uh, not a lot of great managers. A couple here and there that were pretty good, but um, one guy that stuck out particularly is when I was in the. I used to sell. Um, lab exhaust fans and dampers and louvers and things into the construction industry. And we worked, we, one of the companies we repped was Green Heck Fans, the largest fan company in the world. They are now, could have been at the time too. And there was a gentleman that used to run Wausau Insurance that took over as CEO of Green Heck. And I can remember one, one sales rally, particularly we went to, um, two things were happening during that time. One was the economy was really starting to get shaky. It was in you know, 2007, 2008. And I remember him doing two things. One, he said, listen, we're not going to participate in the bad economy. And I thought, well, God, what an arrogant ass this guy is. But, but his point was, we're just not going to think negatively. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep being innovative. We're going to keep doing research. We're going to keep doing all those things to make us a better product because it's cyclical and we're going to come out of it eventually. And they ended up going from maybe $350 million to $500 million in a couple of years. It was, you know, he got out into other parts of the world and, and um, it was, it was kind of arrogant to say it, but it was, you know, he did it. I mean, he was a good leader in that respect that he stuck to his guns, but what he did, Jim Collins, the person that wrote the book, Good to Great, was a Stanford University professor and he wrote this great book called good to great you should all read it it should be standard reading although it's old now it still applies and um he went over this whole good to great i had read the book already he went over the whole good to great um philosophy and things like that and he was going to implement that into green hack and just the real basis of good to great is this is a a, a theory or a uh, what do you call it it's a practice that everybody in the company gets involved in, right? From the janitor to the CEO or whoever the person is lowest on the totem pole. And, you know, I read the book probably 10 times or listened to it maybe 10 times. I even bought the book for our owners of the company when I went back. And, um, and maybe two or three months later, after we had that national sales meeting, I called up one of the middle managers at Greenhack and said, hey, let me just ask you a question about, good to great. How far down is that getting in the system, right? How far, 
since it's supposed to get all the way down to the janitor, how far really is it getting? And he said, you know, maybe mid-management, a little below mid-management. So where I think he failed, I should say, shouldn't say failed because he's turned this company into the largest man company in the world, is that it didn't get down to that janitor, right? So if you're going to build a culture in a company or in your life or anywhere, everybody involved has got to be on board, right? Everybody's got to be, yes, that's what we want to do. This is where we're headed. So not that he failed, but maybe he didn't succeed as far as he could have by not getting in. So I tell you that story for this reason. As I'm going through with my business coach and starting to kind of draw out what I've done in my life, where I could be most impactful to help people, you, you have to start pulling all those, all those people in your life have to start being on board with what you're doing, right? But most, the most important person is the person in the mirror. You have to really be, on. if you're going to commit to these things, you're going to have to be understanding what you're headed for, if that makes any sense. So as we're starting to kind of develop where I could make the most impact in the world, I'm, I'm finding myself being drawn to youth, right? So maybe 18, 20 years old to 40 years old, where my experience in business is good. My wisdom in life is better, right? There's things you go through in life. And, and um, I was listening to Gary Vee the other day on a podcast, and he was talking about relationships, how salespeople will have this service or this, or this product and they'll sell it to their customer. And then the next thing you know, the only time they're contacting them is when it's time for that customer to pay, right? If they haven't paid or whatever, they're not building those relationships. We were, our generation, we didn't have a choice but to build a relationship because we didn't have the technology that kids have today. There's good and bad things about this technology. Listen, I couldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't this technology. I couldn't talk to my kids on a regular basis, almost daily, if it wasn't for this technology, because they were probably not going to have a phone conversation. So we can text. I wouldn't have as many friends on Facebook, or I wouldn't have been stay in touch with as many friends if it wasn't for Facebook or Instagram, things like that. But the other side of that is that younger people, and this is kind of everybody's talking about this have gotten so into the social media and things like that, that they're not communicating, not building those relationships. And I was telling my wife the other night, such a funny thing that we, we're walking around with this thing in our hand, right? We're walking around with this in our hand all day and we text and we go on Facebook and we do all these things. And I asked her, I said, what is this thing called? I held it up, she says, cell phone. I said, it's a phone. It's a phone we can walk around with. We have a phone in our hand. We can call anywhere in the world. And we instead text people, right? There's no communication. It's, it's lagging at best. And this is where, when I tell you that you need a mentor at 30 years old, if you're my age, right, you need a technological mentor. Somebody to stay in touch with, you know, keep you in touch with technology. Um, keep you in touch with that market, those 30, 20 to 40 year olds that will buy my products. How am I going to communicate with them? Uh, what, what do they want? What do they need in life? As much as we need that mentor under 30, a 30 year old needs a mentor over 50, we'll say. And 
so as I started to, as we're starting to dive into my life, what I'm doing, it's almost like having a psychologist at some point put behind me a lot of things that I don't, that have been dragging me, holding me down and not letting me get over those limitations. We need to teach kids or to help them, not necessarily teach them, but kind of show them the value. So first of all, show them their value. Because I think a lot of people, especially after this COVID or during COVID, have lost the sense of value in, a, in the world, right? They've, they've take, they're getting knowledge, right? They're getting knowledge in college, trade schools, high school, wherever they're getting that knowledge is great. And they have all this knowledge in their hands. So they can look up anything online in two seconds and find out, you know, history. And they can find out all kinds of things. But they don't have that wisdom yet. And, and I didn't either. No, nobody has it at 20 years old. You don't have that wisdom. You haven't been around long enough. You just, there's just things you learn. It's how you talk to people, how you, you know, when you're raising kids, there's no manual for raising kids. Every child is different. Every, everything is different. And the way we handle ourselves with those children is a big deal. The way we handle ourselves in business is a huge deal. Um, it doesn't always have to be about money, right? I told you this podcast originally was not even really about business. I, I know I'm talking a lot about business, but um, you have to understand how much value you have in the world and, and how important it is to do the things you love and to give back. And I think this generation for sure, this younger generation is much more willing and interested in giving back um, into society as in charity and things like that. I don't think we had, we had as much of, um, I remember this is all my point of view. I don't want to get emails that say, Ed, you're an asshole for talking about this. This is my thought. Good. It's not your thought. It's my thought. That's why I'm doing the podcast and you're listening. So I just think that we were a little bit more money driven when we were, when I was younger and not, we didn't care as much about the environment. And I think it was it's shown that we didn't care as much. And I think our generation has a responsibility to encourage the younger generation to continue what they're doing in that plight for um, to do good in society, right? Uh, a funny thing, one of the podcasts I was on earlier, I was talking to Matthew Iskey and we were talking about the younger generation. I said, look, when, when I was a kid, I grew up with five guys, right? One of them's dead. Uh, and I don't know, I don't really know what the other ones are doing. I know one was in prison for a while, one did some other things. And out of those five kids, I, I'm not going to say I'm the most successful, but I, I kind of, I worked the whole time we were hanging out. I did a lot of the things that I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't, I wasn't using drugs. I wasn't drinking when I was a kid. I wasn't doing any of those things. So there's, you know, 20% of us did well, you know, whatever. I, I don't want to say they didn't do well, but 80% of us did something different than I think. We'll say it that way. So my point to that is they were, they were kids, you know, you guys get a, you know, younger people get a bad rap for not being, you know, they're millennials and they're this and they're that. Listen, we had, to, my dad just called them dumbasses, like the 70s show, right? From Red from the 70s show. Just said, look, this is a dumbass. Always going to have that in society. You're always going to have high performers, middle performers, low performers, whatever. It's just societal and it happens in every country and it doesn't even matter what the economic situation is you're always going to have those different levels of people that are going to be interested and motivated and inspirational. So again, as, as we start to develop, you know, what's going to happen here, I think that 
I think that parents have a problem communicating with their kids. I don't, I don't think they're honest with their kids as much as I'd like to see, or I think that is in, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not, but I think they're just not being honest with them. I think that they're spending a lot of time with extracurricular activities when maybe that child just needs to hang out with their mom or dad, right? Um, I know that as I was growing up, really all my, all my kids wanted to do is be with us, right? Be with the parents. We used to go to the beach. We used to just play outside, whatever we wanted to do. And I see that in my grandkids too, that I have a couple of grandkids that I spend a lot of time with because they live here. And my little Piper the other day said, you know, Papa, why do you always work? And I thought, man, she's that, that's the perception she's getting. Um, and I do work a lot, but she just wants me to sit down with her on a, on a curb and just chat with her, right? That's all she really wants. And that's all any kid really wants. They just want to be loved. And um, so uh, so what's my podcast going to turn into? I think it's going to turn into more of a, <clears throat> I still really am interested in having a lot of guests because I think, I think hearing their story, you could be inspired. Someone might just listen to this and go, Jesus Christ, Ed, you're retarded. But, but, you know, you're just, rambling on but another guest might inspire that person or this might inspire somebody to you know do something and i know i just used a word you're not supposed to use in society anymore and i apologize but um it, it is what it is I, I didn't mean anything it didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings with that but it's just a uh, you know i just think that my life's moving towards this i want to help people and i think that youth um, and I say youth, if I say kids, I'm not insulting anybody. It's just that, you know, my kids, it's my kids' age that I want to help out. You know, I've been in a lot of different businesses. I've been in construction. I've been in, uh, you know, the beverage world. I've been in the restaurant industry. I've been in, you know, so many different things. I've led groups. I've led organizations. I've led this and that. And I, I learned something. I, I had learned, just like all of you that are listening to me right now, you've learned something in life that is valuable to somebody else. and you know, I just, I feel like I want to give back, you know, I mean, I, I feel like I've um, lived a lot. I have some interesting stories, way more interesting than the ones I just told, by the way, some stories that make a point that could bring, you know, that could give you some inspiration or, you know, to, to make your life better or your life more meaningful and, and the people around you more meaningful. Look, I told you, self-esteem is so low. We talked about this in one of my first podcasts. So low in America before COVID, it's even worse now. We're just, we're not giving that value to people. Every one of you has a great value to somebody, um, whether it's society or your kids or your mother or father. And, you know, you kind of go to this part of your life where you're in this, you're in this uh, you know, from like zero to 30, right? You're considered a kid you don't know shit everybody's going to tell you you don't know anything i got i got something to tell you about that then you go through this 30 to you know 50 where all you're doing is taking care of people right you're taking care of children maybe employees you know whatever you're taking care you're in this taking care of mode then you get a little old then you're taking care of your parents so you have all this value that you're giving back to people on a regular basis, you just don't see it as value. You just see it, well, this is what I, I need to do. But um, it's just it's just crazy. So uh, I know I'm rambling and I, I kind of want to reel this thing back in. But like I said, as I go through this process and I'm, and, um, 
I don't want to be that person. I'm not, I can't motivate you, right? You're going to have to, your motivation is going to have to come from your desires or whatever you want to do in life. And like I said, whether it's business or personal or, you know, losing weight, smoking, drug, I don't care what it is. You've got to find your, you know, what you need to come over. There's so many people out there to help you. <laughs> there's so many inspirational stories out there that you can learn from. And there's so many ways that you can be an inspiration to somebody, whether it's your kids or, or somebody else. So um, I'm just about ready to wrap this up. I'm going to have more guests on them. This, this guest from last week. I felt so bad I could not get this internet to work. You're gonna love this guy. He's a national speaker, like I said. I'm not gonna tell you who he is until he comes on. But um, he's a great guy that you'll enjoy. And I hope I answered the question that my friend asked. It's kind of why I'm doing this. I just think it's so important to get back. And you know, I have, I at least have the ability to speak to people and speak in front of people. And I want to share that wisdom. I want to take that kid that's in school and he's not too sure about where he's going to go in life. And first of all, kind of virtually put my arms around him and say, look, it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to, life is not easy all the time. There's going to be glitches. There's going to be things that happen that feel like it's pushing you backwards. Those are all learning moments. They're all, you know, they're all those moments in life. And then you have to string moments together of success, right? You can say, hey, I want to be a, you know, a rapper or whatever you want to be, a, rap, a CEO of a company. Well, this takes a while. Nothing replaces hard work. So as, the more you can work on it and the more you can kind of define what you're, what you're talking about. I know one of the podcasts before we talked about manifestation. And that's, and someone said, well, you know, you can't have manifestation without, you know, hard work or action. I'm like, no shit. But you got to at least picture where you kind of want to be. Then you take those little baby steps, those, those little things you're stringing together. I, I read a book. The guy talked about holy moments, how saints just strung holy moments together. And by the time they were done with their life, they were saints, right? Because they strung these moments together. That's the same as setting any goal. So you have to get this picture in your mind of what your, what your life wants to look like, what your day wants to look like. That's, that's, that would be the way I would start. And I'm doing that right now. What do I want my days to look like? Every day, what do I want it to look like? It doesn't have to be perfect. And it doesn't have to happen exactly that way every day. But you got to have some idea. If you're just going through life going, eh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, come on. Listen, it's up to you. I want you to be successful. I want you to have the things you want in life. I think the higher power in the world wants you to have everything. But you've got to decide. You've got to make up your mind what you're going to want to do. There's people to help. There's people to give you advice. There's me. There's your parents. There's all these people out there that have this great wisdom to give you. Now, sometimes we have to draw it out of them, right? So they're not great storytellers. And, and, they, don't, and they don't think their story is important. But everybody's story is important. I got news for you. Everybody is listening here. So, so that's my thing I'll leave you with today. Everybody's life is important. You have great value to a lot of people, more than you probably know. You know, there's people watching you. You don't even know they're watching you for inspiration. That could be a neighbor kid. That could be, you know, a nephew or a niece or, or you know, an older person watching you. Um, we're going to, I won't tell you about that. I'm doing something tonight that's important, but it's kind of a privacy thing. I just think that... Uh, 
actually, let me rephrase that. I know how valuable you are. You're valuable to me. In fact, I've told you in past podcasts that everybody I meet, I love something about. I might not like everything about that person. I might not like them at all. But there's something they do. There's something they've done. There's something they're going to do that's inspiring to me, right? And, um, you know, uh, here I'm, I'm starting out at 58 years old doing a podcast that I never even really knew what a podcast was six months ago. But I get it now. I've listened to more. There's about 80 million or 100 million podcasts out there. Why will people listen to me and not others? I don't know. That's kind of up to you, right? So I need you to share my podcast. I need you to follow me on YouTube. And I need you to give me ideas. And I need you to give me ideas for guests to have on here. And I'll be happy to call that. I don't care who the guest is. I'll try to get a hold of them and get them on my podcast. So listen, you're valuable. You're loved. Um, and if nobody else tells you today, I love you and I appreciate what you're doing in life. I know it's not always easy. I've had tragedy like you. I've had down days. I, I've had days I just don't want to do shit. I, you know, I haven't been working out as much as I want to. And I'm, that's something I need to change. Um, and when somebody tells you or you meet somebody or somebody, uh, you listen to a podcast and they tell you everything, they got everything together, they don't. They're not, they're not telling you the truth. It's okay. You don't have to have it all going on every second of your life. Um, there's going to be times when you doubt yourself. I do it all the time. There's going to be uh, times when other people doubt you. It happens all the time. But I can tell you something valuable that happened to me about three or four years ago, and I know I just said I was wrapping up and here I'm going on a tangent again, is, and I don't want to say this in such a negative context. I just want you to understand that when you stop worrying about what people think, what people Everybody's got an opinion, you know, and when you stop worrying about that, when you take off that load off your shoulders of what people think about you, it changes your whole life. And it's changed my life in the last two years because I just decided it doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to do things the way I do things. I'm going to try to do the best I can to be the best person I can. And like I said, it doesn't work out every day that way. I'm going to try to take that how candid I used to be with people where sometimes I'd hurt people's feelings and I, and I wrote it off as well. I'm just being honest. Well, I get it. I mean, I, I still want to be honest with you, but maybe there's a different way to say it. Right. Those are those things. That's that wisdom you start learning in your life where I always use this example. You get a, a bad email and the first thing you do is hit reply and you start typing. I mean, you're just going, you got the F word blowing out there. You got all kinds of stuff going on. And then I would stop the email and go, let me just wait a couple hours before I write that email. Just to, even, even if I forgot about what happened, just to let it go. And I can guarantee it, my email back was way easier, right? A lot, way more controlled, way more polite, things like that. But I could still get the point across if it was something I had to, you know, really light somebody up about. And I just went through a like a, an exercise with my business coach about this is stuff that I felt like was holding me back, was dragging me down. Stuff that it's like it's like having a clip on your on your belt loop with a truck on behind it, and you're trying to go forward, you just can't get forward. Well, you got to cut that clip, right? You got to figure out how to do that. And that's part of what this company I'm building uh, is going to help people with. It's going to help them, you know put some things aside, focus on what they're trying to do and figure out what they want to do, first of all. And like I said, it's not always about business. Sometimes it's about just a better relationship with your girlfriend or boyfriend or wife, 
parents, kids. Um, we, uh, I thought this was a great idea when the kids were smaller, and I still think it's a great idea. We would always eat together, right? So that's kind of gone from the 50s. You know, everybody used to sit down at dinner together. And we did, I would literally say 95% of the time we would sit together. But the real value in that was the hour we spent at the table afterwards, just talking, just chatting, just, uh, I would tell the kids, you know, about things they were doing that were positive. We'd go over kind of what happened at school. We had this joke with one of my daughters would always tell these long stories, but they were always great stories and they were cute and they were, you know, they were awesome. Um, we, we would attract other kids, their friends that would come over and eat with us. And we'd have, I mean, we could have a 12, 13 people at these dinners where we're just kind of sitting around talking. Um, I can tell you that I, I don't, listen, my life is not perfect by any means. We're not gonna be talking about a lot of negative things on this podcast because to me, there's just no value in them. There's no value to, for me to tell you that I hate somebody and this is why I hate them. There's just no value to it. I'd rather spend that time building you up. I'd rather spend that time offering you an option to come talk to me or call me or email me or something like that. And again, you can always email me at edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com. And I'd be glad to respond. Um, I, I'd love to get overwhelmed with emails. Not yet, but um, as we do this more and more, I hope that that's going to be the case. So listen, uh, the last thing I'm going to say is I told you I was listening to Gary Vee, and he's an, obviously an interesting, if you haven't listened to him, listen to Gary Vee. He's very animated. He's very... Uh, East Coast kind of guy. And somebody said something really interesting to me. They said, you know, uh, he does this and that. And he's, you know, but you don't want to be like him. Why would you? I don't want to be like him. I don't want you to be like me. I don't want to be like anybody. But I got to appreciate what the guy, what the message he's sending out. He's very positive, very uplifting. He's sending out a good message. Is he abrasive? Oh, I, I love the guy. I, I could listen to him all day. But he definitely tells it like it is. Um, be careful because he will, he may insult you on accident, but he's not doing it out of, uh, out of um, spite. He's doing it because he wants to help you. So again, do me a favor, get on my YouTube channel and like it and follow it. Uh, listen to this podcast, share the podcast after you listen to it. Uh, if I've given you bad information or I guess I should, I should have this thing on the bottom with lawyers because sometimes I will say a word that's definitely not politically correct. Um, I'm a little old school when it comes to that. Uh, I mean, no ill intent by that. And um, it's just, it's just what it is. So edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com. Hit me up if you can. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week, weekend, all those things. Summer's coming. COVID's getting better. Um, uh, I, I just think that, you know, my life is just turning around and and uh, it's because we're making it happen and we're taking action and we're doing all the right things. So maybe not always the right things. Anyway, I love you guys. Have a great, uh, a great week, a great weekend. And there'll be another podcast out next week. Talk to you later.